you're listening to the Audacious As Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Martha Ramos, Dominican-born, New York City-raised, a former advertising executive turned coach, speaker, and personal empowerment expert. And I'm on a mission to encourage more women to be the chief empowered officer, aka the CEO of her life. So if you have the audacity to play by your own rules and are ready to cultivate, elevate, and own a thriving life and business, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Oh, and P.S. as a Latina, get ready to listen to some bilingualism or Spanglish thrown into the mix. So cheers to you, my friend, and I can't wait to get to know you and connect with you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode, and I am so excited to bring on Sam Cartagena. She is a certified mindset coach and the founder of Ambition and Mischief, a community of badass women on a mission. And let me tell you, I fucking love that title. Just <laughs> want to mention that. Sam also helps the women in her community illuminate and amplify their inner vision, trust their intuition, and get comfortable with being seen. So with that, I want to say welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. And just, just to give people a little background, you and I have, we've connected through these internet streets. You are actually one of my <laughs> guests at the Be The CEO Summit, which I so love and appreciate the conversation that we had. So thank you for being a part of that. And for today's show, I just want you to be able to share a little bit about your experience in corporate and how you ended up transitioning into your own business and then building the brand that you have today called Ambition and Mischief and how you first started out coaching in public relations and now have evolved into also coaching on mindset, which I am totally for. So go ahead. The mic is yours. Yeah. So the first time that we chatted, like you said, was for Be the CEO, which feels like a lifetime ago. It was what, last year? Yes. But it feels <laughs> it feels like forever ago. And it feels like I was living a different life because I was. And so it's just mm. crazy to think how much your life can change in a year with consistency and really transitioning. So when last time we spoke, as you mentioned, I was a PR coach. So I started my career in corporate America, working at different PR agencies, and then got laid off and then figured, okay, I know that I don't want to go back to corporate. So what I did instead was I took that PR experience and I started freelancing and also PR coaching. And what I mean by that is I was teaching entrepreneurs how to be their own publicists, teaching them how the, how the industry works, how to write their own pitches. I created a PR course, like all of the things. What I didn't fully see then was that I actually didn't really want to be in PR. I was, I was creating this business from this place of like, well, this is what you do. So how can you create a sense of freedom with the thing that you actually don't want to do? I hope that makes sense. Um, and yes. so I did create a form of freedom for myself. I wasn't working for anyone. I was building my own business. I created this course, right? I was working with women that I really enjoyed working with. But at the mm -hmm. core of it, 
PR itself wasn't something that I was super passionate about. I was good at it. And so on the, at the, on the surface, it was like, oh, yeah, this is this is great. But it wasn't fulfilling. So fast forward, I started working with my own coach. And through that process, this and I'm talking years, right? Because I got laid off from my corporate job four or five years ago. And so this has been an ongoing process and evolution of really figuring out what do I want and what don't I want, right? Rather than what should I do or shouldn't I do? It's been an ongoing process of trying different things, feeling them out, and then needing to be okay with, yeah, that's another thing I don't want to do, right? Like needing yeah. being okay with the evolution. And so um, I say that to say, because some people sometimes think that if they don't act now, if it's not a quick transition, if they don't decide tomorrow to like leave their job and do something completely new, somehow they're failing. And so just highlighting that this process has been years long, right? Four to five years. And I'm sure I'm not done. I'm sure there's going to be more evolution to come. So um, from last year till now, I decided to give my all to coaching, give my all to mindset coaching and really helping women tap back into their intuition and letting go of the PR stuff. That was one of the toughest decisions that I had to make because the PR stuff was safe. It was something that I knew I could do. It's very tangible, right? You can see when someone has a PR hit, if a journalist responded to you, all the things. And so really going all in and saying yes to something that is so intangible, like coaching, like intuition was super scary for me. But I knew that's where I wanted to go and needed to go. Oh my God. You said so many nuggets there. And I just want to go back just a little bit because I too went to school and for 12 years worked in advertising and marketing, right? That's what I was taught. Mm -hmm. I was really good at my job. Um, I had the skills climbed up the corporate ladder. So when I was let go as well, something that you and I share in common, um, you know, when I was dabbling in the business of coaching and speaking, and I was like, what can I teach other women? Like, I don't want to do marketing. Like that to me, even though I was good at it, it wasn't what drove me. It didn't it wasn't deep in my soul, like what I knew that I was supposed to be teaching. And there was a lot of people that said, to me, like friends that that were questioning, what do you mean life coaching? What do you mean personal growth? What do you mean business? You went to school for marketing. Why are you now? And similar to you, I was like, listen, that is something I was good at, but I wasn't. And I knew it deep in my soul that I wasn't playing in my zone of genius. Right. Like mm-hmm. doing something that you're good at and you feel comfortable. Yeah, that's great. But if you really, really want to maximize your potential, you have to get uncomfortable and truly realize what it is that you're excellent or in your zone. And that, to me, comes intuitively. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation because your intuition, and this is what I what I tell people, you already have all the answers. You already have everything that you need to play up your strengths, to play in your zone, to make money doing what you love. You just have to really sit down and do that inner work that is required to get there. So thank you so yes. much for sharing that. So tell me, and, and yes to all of that. Yes. And 
Yes, for um, yes, I should say yes to it has been just a year that you and I had this conversation over summit. But let's not forget that we also experienced worldwide a pandemic that kind of just, you know, shifted how we thought, how we spent our time, how we how we did work, how we lived. So we, a lot has happened in the last year. So tell me a little bit more about how you've evolved and what made you want to get into intuition and mindset coaching. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that we were in a pandemic, like in the middle of it, right? When I started, um, so I, I was in a year long coaching program. And when I was starting my program, the pandemic lockdown was also starting. And so I really had to, it, it really gave me a lot of clarity and removed all of the stuff that wasn't important that under normal circumstances, I probably would have actually spent more time doing this transition instead of actually going all in. But I, looking back at March of 2020, it really felt like this, the world as we know it is coming to a close. Like this is, we didn't know what was going to happen. And because of that, it really had me be like, okay, let's forget about all the bullshit and what is important to you? If you never got paid, if the world is literally ending, what is the, how do you want to go out? Like, what is the thing that you want to spend your time and your energy on? And it was coaching. It really gave me that clarity of if nothing else, else matters, this is the thing that I want to mm. be doing. And so now that you mentioned the, the pandemic, like, I feel like sometimes I forget that we lived through a pandemic. But now that you mention it, it's like, oh, yeah, that really gave me the clarity and the push to go all in on the thing that I want to say, this is how I spent my life. This is how I contributed to the world. And it really gave me the clarity of like, PR isn't it. Like, yes, it's something that, you know, I still have some resources and, and things like that, but it's not where I'm spending the majority yeah. of my time. And amen to letting go of the bullshit and focusing on what matters most to you. So kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, the just to get a little bit more specific, what I actually did. So so the the circumstances gave me that clarity. But then what I did with that was I spent all my time coaching people, mm -hmm. some for free, like most of them actually for free. I donated my time and reached out and anyone that wanted coaching, I coached. I made it my priority for that year to get as much, not just experience, but to share coaching with as many people as possible. So I, I think I coached over 200 hours just last year alone. Wow. And most of them were not paid, right? My intention was sharing coaching and re really building the muscle of coaching. Like if this is the thing I'm going to go all in with, I'm all in. Let's do it. I remember spending like 30 hours a week sometimes just having coaching conversations. And yeah, it was a beautiful experience and really laid the foundation for then what came afterward this year in, you know, doing more one-on-one -on -one coaching and um, really building up the community and creating a group program and, and all of the things, but it came from taking action rather than being in my head, yeah. right? Before the pandemic, I spent yeah. a lot of time in my own head trying to figure out what's the right way. Like, should I do it this way or that way? And like playing out scenarios with myself. And instead that seemed so frivolous in the face of a pandemic so I actually put myself out there and 
took action. And then based on that action, it informed the next step for me. Absolutely. And, and that's the key, right? Like taking action. For me, that's how you begin to find the clarity to the questions or challenges that you might be having. It's really taking action towards that thing that you want and just taking it one step at a time. Like there's no need to have a full fledged on plan, right? Like just take the first step and then let that next step inform the next step. So I love that. Now I want to move to one of your Instagram posts because you shared about how you spent many years dimming your intuition or inner voice um, or what I like to call the whispers of your soul and how that was so contradicting to what you are currently hearing from the outside world. And I want us to dissect because you had a couple of examples and there was three that stood out to me the most. So I want to take them one by one. And the first one is needing a corporate job to be considered successful. Can you tell me a little bit about what you mean by that and how that was dimming your your intuition? Yeah. So I was the first in my family to graduate with a, you know, with a four-year degree, right? I was the first in my family to have this corporate job or or be in the corporate America setting. And so I created all of this pressure for myself of like, you need to pay back your mom and your grandma and everyone else that made sacrifices for you to get to this place. And I didn't really know anyone that was quote unquote successful that didn't either have like the two options in my head where you have this job that you don't really like and doesn't really pay very well, but you work really, really hard and you work a lot of hours to do that. Or you can have this corporate job, which pays you a lot better than like, you know, the other type of job. And you're still going to work really hard, but at least you're going to get paid more. Those were the only two options that I saw. And I didn't see any real examples of you can own your own business and be happy doing it and make money doing it, right? Like the same, if not more money than than you're making in corporate America. I just didn't have any examples for it. And so a part of me didn't believe that it was possible while the other part of me was telling me, yes, it is possible. It is very possible. And so um, I had seen those as the two options. You work really hard, don't, don't get paid very well, or you work really hard and you get paid pretty well. And in both of those options, the people that I saw were not very happy, but I didn't see anything else, any other examples of you can own your own business. You can be happy with the work that you're doing and you can create the life that you want, right? Like it doesn't have to be this competition of how much can you sacrifice? How miserable can you be? Um, That's what I had seen, right? And so on one hand, I didn't see any examples of what I wanted to do. On the other hand, I had this deep knowing, this intuitive inner knowing that this was not the life for me, that this corporate ladder, this chasing success through that corporate route just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like outside of it, which I think is why it has taken me so many years to fully step into the life that I live now, because I had to kind of like tiptoe along the way right? Really find and create my own path along the way, which takes time and compassion and testing things out, 
right? When we don't have, you know, examples of what we want, sometimes it feels like we have a lack of clarity on what we actually want. And so we focus so much on what we don't want rather than just testing and moving slowly and creating the thing that we do want. I love that. And and part of my CEO method, you know, cultivating a strong sense of self or identity, two of the questions that I want people to journal around is, what do you want and what don't you want, right? Because then that helps you to figure out and let go of those things that you don't, you don't want to do anymore and then start shifting your focus to those things that you do want to do. So I love how you said that now. You just, while you were talking about your experience, I remember, and and I'm going to say this has to be at least 10 years ago, I was talking to one of my sales rep, you know, we were having coffee because I wanted to do, I was no longer happy with the job that I was doing, right? And even though it was paying me well, and, you know, I had all these great perks, the work itself wasn't something that I wanted to do. And similar to you, because I didn't know about the possibility of being my own business owner, that was never um, top of mind. But one of the things that he did ask me, which I thought was so brilliant at the time was, why don't you write your own job description? Right. Instead of you looking on LinkedIn and all these other places, like, why don't you write your own job description? And that'll help to give clarity on what on what type of work you're looking to do and what responsibilities. So I love how you share that about, you know, focusing on what it is that you want and then writing those things down to help you kind of find clarity and move on to that next step. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to say about that is sometimes when we're doing that, like, let's say, for example, you wrote out your job description, we can judge what our intuition is asking us for with the kind of requirements of what the external world is asking us for. So as an example, right, if, if we, you know, we come from the corporate world, you probably like eat lunch at your at your desk, you, you know, take a few vacation days, if that, right, there are certain expectations and certain measurements of success in that world. And so when we're looking at possibility and creating our own world, it can be easy to apply the measurements of the familiar world Mm -hmm. to the new world you're trying to create. And by those measurements, it's just like, well, everything I want is going to be a failure. Right. And so it can take time to build the muscle Mm -hmm. of creating your own definition of success instead of using old definitions to measure whether your new vision or wanting is successful or not. Does that make sense? (gasps) Yes. Oh my God. That is brilliant. Yeah. It took me years, years to understand that and really identify it. Because even as you were saying the thing about writing your definition, I pictured myself four or five years ago and I would have been like, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks. I'm a failure. Why do I want to do this? Right. And still there would be something inside of me that's like, no, this is, this is, this is, this is yours. Keep going. This is yours. And then another side of me that would have been beating myself up for wanting the thing that isn't going to be considered successful by traditional terms. Mm. And and one of the things let let's talk a little bit about failure, right? Because in your example, in terms of dimming your intuition, you do talk about how when you were let go, you were 
I don't know if someone said it to you that you were a failure because you weren't let go of your job, but how how did that play a part being like being let go from your corporate job and and how did it play a part in your mindset? Mm-hmm. No one ever said outright you're a failure because you didn't you know you 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 were let go at your job. No one said that, but it was like a really really deep belief of mine my own belief, right? It was something that I said to myself frequently because I had worked really hard to get where I was, right? On paper, I did all of the right things. I, like I said before, I sacrificed, like, you know, I didn't go out to lunch. I sacrificed sleep. I sacrificed the quality of my relationships just to show up a certain way at work. And so because I had given it my all and then wasn't rewarded or that wasn't enough, it really fed into, yeah, you didn't do enough. You failed, right? If you had worked harder, if you had done more, you wouldn't have been let go. That was my belief around it. And then again, the other side of me just knew that that wasn't true, that this was the biggest blessing for me because if I hadn't been let go, I would have spent years, years continuing to climb that ladder, continuing to be in that cycle of, you know, competition and exhaustion and all of the things that came with it. And it never would have been enough. It never, right? And that's why, that's why corporate, the corporate world and that rat race is so enticing and almost addicting in some ways, because you know that pushing isn't, isn't ever going to be enough to satisfy the thing that you actually want. And yet there's always more to push toward. There's always more work to do, right? We get, we get some validation here and there, maybe with a raise or a little praise, but we, it still doesn't fulfill that thing. So when I got let go, it was like, damn it. The thing that I knew became a reality, right? That I was never going to be fully happy. But instead of me making the decision to leave, I felt like I was kicked out. And that's where the sense of failure came. Mm. And one of the things that, and I'm glad you said that it was one of your beliefs because of the circumstance of being let go. But one of the things that I like to tell people is that failure is just a moment in time. It doesn't necessarily mean that you yourself are a failure, but a lot of us tend to internalize it because of different circumstances, such as either, you know, being dumped by a boyfriend or being let go from a job that we necessarily don't love. And we tend to tell ourselves like, my God, I failed at that because mm-hmm. of X, Y, and Z. But the truth is, you're not a failure. You yourself are not a failure. And I like to teach people to learn how to shift out of that disempowering thought or belief and then shift it into something new and ask yourself, well, do I really believe that to be true about myself? Am I really a failure? Like, come on, Martha, let's go back. You have a bachelor's, you have a master's, you've um, landed all your dream jobs. That is not necessarily the track record of a failure. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. can you shift your mindset out of that into, guess what? I'm a bad bitch. I'm a badass. <laughs> I got yes. this. I can do. Yes, I was let go of my job, but guess what? I can pretty much, if I put my mind to it, bring my skills, experience, education, and find a new job. Yes, yes. I think to add to that, 
the way that we want to create our own definition of success, creating our own definition for failure. Because when we don't have our own definition for failure, we borrow other people's. So if my assumption is that other people's definition of failure is you need to stay at your job and you're the one that needs to quit. If you're fired or laid off, you failed, right? That was an assumption of what other people's definition is. Mm -hmm. So what is my definition? I wasn't even thinking about what is my definition of failure. And as I've given it thought over the years, my definition of failure is not trying. Mm. Staying safe in the sidelines to avoid failure based on other people's definition of what that may mean. But my definition, the ultimate failure for me is not trying to begin with because of fear, right? So as long as I try, even if I quote unquote, fail, even if it doesn't go as planned, it's okay. It's all data for the next thing. It's feeding me the information and, and allowing me to really see what is for me and what is not for me. Absolutely. And you keep going back to creating your own definition of success. Mm -hmm. What have you learned or, or how do you define that now versus the old traditional way of measuring success? Yeah. I I think the old traditional way is I think it comes down to money, really. Right? It comes down to money and prestige. Do other people think you're successful? Do you have enough money which also never feels like enough? And so again, it puts us in this game of always chasing something mm -hmm. externally, right? Where we kind of feel successful, but maybe there's someone that doesn't like us or someone that doesn't think we're successful, so we have to work harder. Because by that definition, it's very much influenced by how other people are seeing us. Whereas the way that I look at success now is more of an inner game, mm -hmm. right? It has very little to do with what's happening externally or what people think of me externally. It's about how I feel. And even just saying that now, like the version of me four to five years ago would have rolled her eyes at that, <laughs> right? Like success equals joy and ease. Like, what are you talking about? You have no idea how the world works. Mm -hmm. But actually, when I feel joy and ease internally, first of all, it doesn't matter what's happening externally, right? When I can really like cultivate that feeling for myself. But the irony is that when I feel that, then I pour that into the things that I create. I pour that into the sessions with my clients. I pour that into everything. And so my life is, in, is, is infused with this joy and this ease rather than me working, hustling, chasing, trying to find this joy and ease somewhere out there in the world. Yeah. And that for me spells being in flow with your soul, with your purpose, with your inner voice, your intuition, like whenever you're at ease and just in that state of mind of just being in alignment with who you are, what you're meant to do in the world, that's how you become, I, I believe, even more successful, right? Because to your point, you're able to tap into your creativity. You're able to tap into your zone of genius, playing up your strengths versus constantly being, and I don't know if this is how you felt, but when I was working in corporate, you know, doing campaigns for clients, I felt like I was constantly fighting against myself, right? Because here I was trying to put my best foot forward, my best work, making sure that I was meeting my clients' goals. But internally, I was constantly fighting with myself, telling myself like, girl, 
You don't belong here. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. What the fuck are you doing? Like you're so unhappy, so miserable. So Mm -hmm. once you're able to step out of that and feel and start defining success on your own terms and whatever that might mean to know to our listeners, that's when you begin to be in alignment and in integrity with what you're supposed to be doing in this world. 100%. And the, so I think sometimes people think of alignment as an either or. Either I am aligned and I am living this like beautiful life that people portray on Instagram, or I am not aligned and I am unhappy and this is just how life is and I need to just keep going. And instead, I like to think of alignment as a process, right? Mm-hmm. An evolution that you are aligning. You don't need, you don't need to be 100% aligned. And because people live in this either or, I think sometimes they spend so much time and energy sh- shoving down their intuition, shoving down that inner voice, right? And it just takes so much energy to do that. It's like trying to keep a, a, a beach ball underwater. Yeah. And it's <laughs> exhausting. Yeah. And when you stop fighting yourself, all of a sudden you have all this extra energy and just this, this time and space to explore, okay, what does aligning look like for you, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to do, you don't have to be aligned 100%. You can be in the process of aligning, but as long as you are prioritizing listening and exploring and just seeing what's there, it's just, it makes life so much easier than fighting against the thing that is trying to get your attention. Absolutely. And, and letting go of that woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Like you said something about either or, how about we start infusing and, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm enjoying the life that, that I am creating for myself and doing the work that I love instead of I'm not enjoying my life. So it's either I enjoy it or I don't, right? So mm-hmm. how about using and like, I can do the work that I love and make money doing it mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. either or like you don't need to sacrifice either of them. Yeah. Or even just like I am in this corporate job that's paying me really well and I'm exploring what I want my own business to look like. Mm. Right. Cause I, I think sometimes we can also be apologetic of being in that like exploratory phase yeah. where it's not a full business yet. We're just, you know, we're, we're seeing what we like, what we don't like. And it can be like, yeah, I have a nine to five. Like, yeah, I have this corporate job. I have this like little thing on the side here that I'm doing. And we're almost apologetic that it's not like a full grown business yet. And so using that and to your point to like, really take charge and like feel in your power about the full picture. Absolutely. Has the pandemic got you dreading your job even more than you're used to? Does it have you thinking about how you want to live your life moving forward? And with the vaccine rates pretty high in most places, you might have to start going back into the office soon. Does the thought of that make you want to cringe? Hey friends, If you really don't like how that sounds, then you probably need the tools, the structure, and mentorship to help you confidently say adios, goodbye to your nine to five. You'll get all that and then some when you join the audacious CEO community. Along with other experts, I will help you to finally build a life and business by design. 
just like I've done for myself ever since I got laid off from my corporate job. So head on over to MarthaLRamos.com forward slash CEO club and join the wait list to become a founding member. See you inside the club. So now let's let's teach our our listeners like what it what what's one or two things that you teach your clients on how to connect and start listening to their intuition. Yeah. You already mentioned one of them, which is focusing on what you do want instead of just focusing on what you don't want. Because we spend so much time, I did for sure, spent so much time focusing on what I didn't want and trying to create from there, right? Like trying to create, I don't want this, but all my focus was going there instead of focusing on, okay, what do I want, Mm -hmm. right? Like if anything were possible, what do I want this to look like? I'm not going to have the how, I'm not going to have the specifics. It may even feel impossible in some ways, because again, I'm using my current perception to judge whether it's possible or not. Mm -hmm. But even just being in that allowing, right? Like allowing it to come up, allowing myself to, to, to think about it. So that's the first thing. We already talked about that a little bit. The other thing is everyone has a different way that their intuition communicates with them. Mm. And so I think it's super important to really get to know how your intuition is communicating with you. And because we've lived with our intuition our whole lives, we may kind of have normalized it or ha- or maybe think that everyone else has this. And so when we start to pay attention, we start to see the way our intuition speaks to us uniquely. So there are kind of four main buckets that we can fall into, and maybe we have more than one. So the first one is just having this like inner knowing, just, I don't know how I know, I just know. And it's like this deep knowing that something is true, something is possible, right? So that's the first one. The second one is actually seeing things. So this can be like in your mind's eye, you see it, or some people actually like see things, right? And we don't like to talk about it because it's like, wait, hold up. Am I crazy? Like, is this, I'm having a spiritual experience, but this may be the way that your intuition is trying to speak to you. For me, that is my main one. So I don't see things like, you know, in the real world externally, but I see them almost like when you're daydreaming and you can see the daydream, but you know, it's not actually there. That's the way my intuition speaks with me the most. It's like, I get these visuals, get these images of what's possible or what's to come or something like that. The next one is sound, right? So again, it might be just like, kind of like you hear a song in your head, mm-hmm. right? Like it's there, you hear it, but it, you know, it's also not there. Like it's also not playing in the real world. Mm-hmm. So that's, that that may be a way that people kind of um, their their intuition communicates with them. And then the last one is feeling like having a gut feeling, having, you know, just feeling it in different places in your body. And maybe that it's telling you like, you know, yes, you know, maybe you feel pressure in some places in your body. This is one I've used in the past too. And it's very subtle, but sometimes when I have a question, right. Of like, should I do this or should I do that? I can feel it in my body. Mm. I feel it. Like I feel certain pressure, like in my arms or in my hands. And it's very subtle, but it's something that has actually always been there. I used to use it as like a like a trick when I was younger, I would have my sister put like a card or an earring or whatever behind her back. And then I would choose which hand it was in. And I would use that feeling thing to know which hand it was in. And I always got it right 100% of the time. And I was like eight years old. 
right? So at that time, it was just something that was there, right? But over time, we are normally taught to not pay attention to that because it's not something that can be easily measured or observed by others. And so we start to, that's where we start to give away our power and start picking up on other people's definitions of success, failure, what you should do, and stop listening to our own. Mm, and just, you were going through all four of them. I actually fall in number one, that deeper knowing, like just knowing that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's how I felt in corporate. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I just uploaded a recent episode called, Do You Know If You're Meant For More? Right? And it's having that deeper knowing of, girl, you don't belong in corporate. You need to figure out what it is that you're meant to do because this just, this just isn't it. And I remember getting advice from like family and friends and they kept telling me, why don't you just do a lateral move, right? Why don't you just go to another agency or why don't you just switch brands? Like ask your boss to switch the account that you're working on. And I knew deep down that no matter what move I decided to do, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. And it was just this deep knowing that I couldn't even explain. But now that you're putting it so simple, it's, yeah, that was my intuition telling me, girl. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me, with the visual, when I was in corporate, I saw myself living this life that it was so completely different than what I was living at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I supposed to do this? Like I saw myself being in community. I saw myself like loving the women that I am working with. I saw myself like building this community-based business. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was just so isolated and so unhappy and so not having deep connections and deep friendships that I had no idea how I was going to get there. And still that vision would Mm -hmm. come up all of the time. Now, this might sound a little woo-woo for some folks, but one of the things, I mean, intuition, right? It's it's your inner voice. It it can be a gut check. Um, Oprah calls it your spiritual GPS, right? Mm -hmm. It really is you being, and I, I hate to use this word again, but it's really you being in alignment with your, that inner being, your wisdom, your inner wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, for sure, and I'm all about the woo woo stuff. Yes, one hundred percent. The way I like to the way I like to talk about it and and teach it in. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, into this a little bit further, but I have a program that's all about intuition, and it's called the Intuition Incubator. So the way that we talk about it there is aligning with your higher self. Mm really going with the assumption that there is this version of us that knows what is in most alignment for us, right? What is the, what is the, I don't want to say best, because I also believe that there are no wrong decisions, that no matter what direction we take, what choices we make, there's always a realignment happening, right? Like kind of like with the GPS, even if we take a quote unquote wrong turn, Mm-hmm. It's going to redirect us. Yeah. And so my belief is that we are never truly lost, right? We just need to listen to that redirection. But all of that to say, um, the way I like to talk about the, you know, the woo-woo stuff is very openly and that we are really looking to live in alignment with our high self. And that when we are in that place of alignment, we feel it. We know it 
right? It's, it's that sense of joy and ease and flow and things are just kind of unfolding. Mm -hmm. And when we get to that place after having been of the, in the place of hustle and needing to prove and, you know, not enoughness, it can almost feel like this is too easy. I've definitely felt that before. Like this is happening way too easily. Something is about to go wrong. Something is going to go left because I did not work hard for this. So it feels too easy to be true. Mm, I did not work hard for this because we've been taught that the harder we work, the more valuable mm-hmm. we become and I, and more worthy. And worthy, which as a woman of color and you know, I you're Dominicana. I'm we're from Dominican mm-hmm. Republic, we're, you know, Latinas and one of the things that was ingrained in us is because we were different, quote unquote, from our white counterparts, that we needed to work twice as hard because we were constantly being watched, right? Like that was something that was ingrained in my career early on. And I always felt like this pressure to always have to come in early and leave late, right? Because I needed to prove that I was worthy of keeping this job. Ipana, because, you know, a couple, <laughs> couple of years later, no matter how many freaking degrees I had or how many skills or how good I was at my job, I was still let go. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you were indispensable. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's the white man's version <laughs> of you need to work twice as hard in order to be considered valuable. But that is not the version that Sam and I would want you to hopefully take away from this conversation is a, you're worthy just because you exist B because you have certain set of skills and strengths and, and God given talent, you are already valuable. You said that beautifully. Um, Really, however your intuition speaks to you, just listening, just trusting, just allowing it to unfold little by little right? Because if we've adopted this, this mindset, this framework of what success means, then it's going to take some time to really build up our own. And that's okay. So just, uh, you know, giving yourself the patience and the grace and the compassion while you build your own muscle in like building your own GPS, listening to your own intuition. Love that. And, and let's segue into your program. Talk a little bit about your, your program and how women can work with you. Yeah. Um, I love this program so much. It's, I was talking earlier about spending the last year really like in the trenches, coaching as many women as possible, like really putting in the work to build my own muscle of coaching. And so this program was born from all of that experience, from all of those conversations, because what I noticed is that all of the women that I worked with went through a specific trajectory in really learning to trust themselves again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'd start with talking about what's present, what's there for them, what is frustrating them, what feels misaligned, and then getting clear and being really vulnerable and allowing to speak truth to, okay, but this is what I actually want. And then everything in between in identifying their survival mechanisms and coping strategies. Okay, so what gets in the way for you when you try to get to the place that you actually want? What's the thing that comes up and Mm -hmm. blocks you? And what are the patterns of how that shows up? 
to really identifying their essence, the thing that is always with them, the thing that people, you know, people just know about them, the thing that they kind of bring into the room, even when they're not aware of it, right? That essence that they actually want to be living into and just exploring all of it. And the point of, of, you know, whether it's one-on-one calls or the program is to tap back into your intuition so that you can show up more powerfully, whether it's life or work. And by powerfully, I don't mean being perceived by others as being powerful, but actually living in your power, feeling really grounded and really present in your truth. And even if you don't know where things are going and you're creating your own path, really having that self-trust because you are listening to that inner knowing that can't be influenced by outside resources. So um, there are kind of three levels of, of working with me or just getting involved in the Ambition and Mischief community. The first is podcasts, right? So I have, a, I host a podcast, the Ambition and Mischief podcast. And I always like to think like, for those just starting to get into this, you know, personal growth world, mm-hmm. I love podcasts, love the books, like take it all in because it's going to start to give you a different perspective and show you different possibilities, yeah. which bring it back to the beginning of our conversation, right? Like I wish there were all of these podcasts available five years ago. The one person that I would listen to all the time that really helped me build this, this view of what else was possible was Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. She was the only person that I saw at the time that was in the business space and also infused this personal growth and spirituality and all of these things. And I loved it. So the fact that now, fast forward five years later, there's so many options, right? And so many, so many different people and specifically women and women of color that we can mm-hmm. turn to and listen to and just absorb all of the knowledge. I love it. So that's the first. And then I think there's a time where you're kind of done listening and absorbing, right? And you're ready for the next level. And I think that next level is community. So stepping outside of just doing it on your own and just being surrounded by other women that are doing it with you, that are on a similar journey, it helps so much just to normalize what you're going through and to see other people going through something similar. So I have the um, Ambition and Mischief community, which is a monthly membership. We have weekly co-working sessions. We have monthly group calls. And they're just, you know, different perks for being a part of that. And then lastly is the group program, which is the Intuition Incubator. And then, of course, there's an option to work one-on-one as well. Love that. Oh, my God. We're, I'm definitely going to share links to your website and your social media handles so people can connect with you. So I love that. And this is, you know, when when you mentioned tapping into into your intuition is really you tapping into your inner power, like showing up unapologetically. Mm -hmm. That is the definition or part of being the CEO of your life. Right. It's really being able to show up. Who you are unapologetic as fuck, Mm -hmm. right? Take charge Mm -hmm. of what it is that you truly want, right? Not what cultural societal norms are telling you that you need to be going after. And then just being the captain of your own ship or the CEO of your life, like really coming in from that powerful inner knowing that you are that badass, Mm -hmm. right? Like you got what it takes to create and co-create whatever life you envision for yourself. Yes, love it. And there's no, I don't think this, it's a coincidence that the work that I'm doing and the work that you're doing align so beautifully, 
right? I think that when we start listening and start moving toward what we want instead of just focusing on what we don't want, we start to see evidence for why this is possible, right? Whereas when we're in what we don't want, all we see is like, oh, I'm so different. I don't want this. And when we start to focus on what do we want, you know, what's possible here, we start getting all these examples of, oh, shit, this person is doing this or this person is doing that. And we feel less alone. And we really start to build that community in different ways. Amen. And and what I love even more is that we're two Latinas, two Dominicanas from the Heights, letting people know that it is possible. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you envision or dream for yourself, it is possible because Sam and I are living proof. Yes. So with that, Sam, I want to ask you just before you we wrap up, what does it mean to be the CEO of your life and or business? I think we've already said it so beautifully. It's really taking charge and defining for yourself, what does this look like? What do I want it to look like? Taking charge, being in your power, trusting yourself and creating the life, the business, the relationships, all of the things that you want, Mm. right? Like really creating a paradise for yourself instead of creating a prison that other people think is beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And, And lastly, what have you done? Like what have you had the audacity to do or what makes you feel audacious as fuck? Mm -hmm. Going all in on coaching, going all in on the thing that I knew I wanted to do that I wasn't sure other people would, you know, approve of or see as successful or may, you know, judge me because, you know, I'm doing this thing that's so intangible. So really going all in on the thing that I didn't have a perfect, a perfect plan for that I didn't know how it was going to work out. And yet I was being called into the space and really trusting and allowing and going all in. Mm. And with that, I think we'll end it in terms of going all in. Well, Sam, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I love connecting with you. I love learning more about your the beautiful work that you're doing. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know if this is helping you in your life. Also, please share the love with other audacious women so they too can join our community. And speaking of community... Please make sure to visit our website at MarthaLRamos.com and subscribe to our newsletters for more tools, resources, and motivation. And you can start by downloading your free guide, How to Get Clear as Fuck Even During Uncertain Times. And with that, until next time, friend. Hey, friend. If you enjoyed today's show, then I want to personally invite you to check out the Audacious CEO Club, a membership community by women of color for women of color. It's the essential resource for new and aspiring women entrepreneurs who are looking to start or grow a business they love. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to grow or thinking about taking the leap from your nine to five, then we got a seat for you. Yes, friend, no more waiting for a seat at the table. We're going to help you build your own by providing you the training, mentorship, 
tools, and a supportive community of other badass women cheering you on. And hey, enrollment will be opening up soon with limited time to snatch up your spot. So make sure to visit our website at www.marthaelramos.com forward slash CEO club for more info. Can't wait to see you there, friend.